This is your host, Vernon Terrell, with Grace Ministries International, and it's time for Walking Free. And welcome back to Walking Free. This is Vernon Terrell, and I'm going to continue in 1 Corinthians but uh, we've got some cool guests coming on in the next over the next couple of weeks, and I'm very excited to have them. I'm recording this a little bit before I get married. That is coming up. Uh, I'm getting married to the wonderful Michelle Morris, and that will be on March 19th of 2022. So. Uh, Thought we'd get some uh, more recordings, more podcasts going, and uh, ahead of that, because I'm going to be away for a honeymoon, and there will be no podcast (laughs) on that honeymoon. It's going to be just uh, a time of uh, renewal and uh, time of fun, so I'm excited about that. Today... I'm going to continue in 1 Corinthians. I've been in this book for a little bit. And on the last time when we were in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, you know, I made the statement uh, that why do we always assume the day will show it It means the day of judgment? And here it it could mean that. But I think there's just so many different meanings here and applications, I should say. Uh, of this verse, as we talked about last week, that uh, what we build on this foundation of Jesus Christ, well, the day is going to show it. And what you're building on your life is going to show when the fire of the trial comes. And if it is the day of the, the, day of the Lord, you know, when the Lord comes, um, every man's work, every woman's work, is going to be shown as what it is. And you know what the cool thing is as believers in Jesus Christ? We have a brand new default. We have a brand new nature. We're a new creation. We are so incredibly changed and transformed that everything we do by default is righteous and holy. It's just who we are. I mean, we have to choose to sin. We have to choose to go against our righteous nature, this brand new heart. We have to choose to to go against that. That's how transformed and changed we are. And if that stuff burns away, guess what? We're still saved through fire. And everything that remains on it, we will receive a reward. And you know what that reward is? Jesus Christ. We have him, the inheritance that he provides in himself. We have every spiritual blessing right now in him. Doesn't get any better than that. I like how Paul continues. You know, when he ended that chapter in verse 3, he goes, look, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, Peter, or the world or life or death, you know, 
all things belong to you and you belong to Christ. Christ belongs to God. And he says in chapter four, verse one, let a man regard us in this manner as servants of Christ and servants and stewards of the mysteries of God. That's Just see us that way. Don't idolize as I'm of Paul, I'm of Cephas, Peter, I'm of Apollos. No, just we're just regular people. We're servants. We're stewards of the mysteries of God. And he says, in this case, moreover, it's required of stewards. Here's the the qualifications that one be found trustworthy. Trustworthy. I like that word. Worthy of belief. Worthy of confidence. And he says, Paul says, look, but to me it is a very small thing that I may be examined by you or by any human court. In fact, he says, I don't even examine myself for I'm conscious of nothing against myself. I, my conscience is clear. Yet I am not by this acquitted. See, the one who examines me is the Lord. When the Lord examines me or when the Lord examines you, do you know what he sees? Beauty, righteous and holy, forgiven. He sees who you really are. He sees the truth in that examination. The problem is we don't see it. We see ourselves as products of our past. We see ourselves as sums of uh, all of the bad thoughts and things we've done in our past. Jesus examines us, finds no fault, because he took all of that at the cross. Paul says, therefore, verse 5, do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait. Wait until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden, the things hidden in the darkness, and disclose the motives of men's hearts, and then each man's praise will come to him from God. God is going to do the praising because God did the new creating in you. God gave you that new heart. God likes what he did. He likes you. He doesn't just love you. He likes you. Paul says in verse 6, Look, now these things, brethren, I have figuratively applied to myself and Apollos for your sakes, so that in us you may learn not to exceed what is written, so that no one of you will become arrogant in behalf of one against the other. For who regards you as superior? What do you have? 
that you did not receive. And if you did receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? He says, look, you are already filled. You have already become rich. You have become kings without us. And indeed, I wish that you had become kings so that we also might reign with you. For I think God has exhibited us apostles last of all, as men condemned to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are prudent in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are without honor. To this present hour, we are both hungry and thirsty and are poorly clothed and are roughly treated and are homeless and we toil, working with our hands. When we are reviled, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure. When we are slandered, we try to conciliate. And we have become as the scum of the world, the dregs of all things, even until now. Don't you want to be a Christian? What? Paul, seriously? You know, we, we get this mindset often in the uh, Western Christian world that blessing equals success. Blessing equals no problems. Blessing certainly means a home or an apartment or someplace to stay. Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, said, we are fools for Christ's sake. Our reputation is one that is foolish. We're poorly clothed, roughly treated, and homeless. And we toil, working with our own hands. Wait, Paul, missionary? Ministering, writing much of the New Testament, he's got a side gig. Uh, yeah, he's toiling. He's going from place to place with no real home. He's working as a laborer. He's slandered. He feels like. He's become as the scum of the world and the dregs of all things. That's pretty rough. But he tells them, those Corinthians who are often, many of them, well off, good jobs, money, arguing, arguing about things you don't need to argue about. They've got off balance, if you will. That's what this letter is really addressing. Chasing squirrels, missing the message. But Paul says in verse 14 of chapter 4, I'm not writing these things to shame you, 
but to admonish you as my beloved children. That word admonish um, from two words. Um, it's the idea of to place in mind, to exhort, to warn, to put this in their mind, get some perspective. You know, I have, I get the, the pleasure of speaking with a lot of different believers around this country in the United States and other countries, and some are doing great, some are just having a rough time, displaced from their home, challenged, persecuted, struggling, some homeless, literally. Has God left them? I would say they're in pretty good company with Paul. And you see, as a community of believers, we need to do what we can to help. And we can't help everyone, but as my pastor often says, do for the one that you wish you could do for everyone. Maybe the Lord is prompting you for, to do for the one. Yeah, that doesn't come with a tax write-off often. Do for the one. You know, at Grace Ministries, we're doing our best to help people walk free. And yeah, that takes money. So yeah, we quote fundraise. We get the awareness out there of this mental health crisis that is plaguing everybody. And we, want, and we know we have the solution in Jesus Christ. We know that we have an answer, the answer through Christ that comes through understanding forgiveness, understanding our identity, understanding this idea of brokenness where God doesn't want to break you. He wants to break what you're depending on for life. He wants to break away what you've been depending on to get your needs met, knowing and entrusting him as the need meter, the one who has and will continue to meet your needs in him always, no matter what life throws at us. So you may feel at times roughly treated. You may be roughly treated. You may be poorly clothed. You may feel persecuted and reviled and feel that I'm just working. Why do I have to work so hard? Life is just hard at times. Life throws us all kind of curves. I've been there. When life throws you a curve with your kids, when life throws you a curve with illness, when life throws you a curve with your career, your job, is God mad at you? Is he disciplining you? I don't think so. I think it's life most of the time. God will use those things to say, I'm here, I'm with you, I love you, trust me. Trust me in the good, trust me in the bad, trust me in the celebration, trust me in the sorrow. Trust me, I'm with you, I'll never leave you, I'm not going to forsake you. 
Paul says, look, I don't want to shame you, Corinthians. I want to put this in perspective for you. He goes, look, for if you had countless tutors, teachers in Christ, you wouldn't have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel, through the good news. Therefore, I'm exhorting you, be imitators of me. What does that mean, be imitators of me? He was trusting his father through all of the mess. He was trusting Christ in him as his victory, as his source through all of the mess, through the good times, through the bad times. That's how you can best imitate Paul. He says, look, that's why I sent Timothy to you. Timothy, who's my beloved and faithful child, verse 17. And he says, I sent Timothy because I was worried about you. I'm writing this letter to you. He said, Timothy, who was sent to these Corinthians, he's going to remind you of my ways which are in Christ, just as I, as I teach everywhere, in every church. He's going to remind you. Sometimes we do need reminding. Sometimes the letter is good. Thank you, Paul. The app is good. Thank you, Life Church, for the Bible app and all the other Bible apps out there. Sometimes we need a voice to remind us. I hope this is a reminder of how loved you are, how God never leaves you, will never forsake you, is always with you. Sometimes it's good to have that face-to-face -face community. Like Timothy, who came to them to remind them in person of the ways in Christ. Maybe you could be that Timothy to somebody else who may need reminding of the ways, just like Paul, his ways in Christ. Now some have become arrogant as though I were not coming to you. Paul says, I'm coming soon. If the Lord wills, I'm coming. I, I'm making my way to you. I'll come to you soon as the Lord's wills, and I shall find out, not the words of those who are arrogant, but their power. The power behind the words. You see, the kingdom of God, verse 20, does not consist in words, but in power. Words are words. The kingdom doesn't consist of just words. It consists in power. Paul says, what do you desire? I'm giving you a heads up. That's the letter. I'm coming. Shall I come to you with a rod? 
to really tell you honestly what I think of the ways that you're going sideways or with love and a spirit of gentleness. Paul is coming. <laughs> he's coming to him. And he's coming in power. I want you to not just talk the truth. I want you to live in power. I don't want you just to talk about identity. I want you to walk in power in your identity. I don't want you just to talk about kindness and love. I want you to walk in kindness and love in power because you have the all-powerful God living in you in the person of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ in you right now. That's what this whole podcast is about. I've seen too many who talk about identity, too many who talk about forgiving, too many who talk about brokenness and entrusting and rest and peace, and they're living in chaos and frustration and anger. They're living in unkindness. They're living in pride and arrogance. They're living in meanness. And that is not who you are. You are loving. You are kind in Christ. You have all power. Your needs are met in him. You've been made brand new and righteous and holy. Go be holy. Go be kind. Go walk in love. Go walk in victory. You have the victory. You don't need to get victory. You have the victory. Now go experience the victory that you have right now. Walk in love. Walk in forgiveness because you are forgiven. I want you to ask the Father, what is my next step? What are you speaking to my heart about right now? What area have I been just talking and talking and talking, yet defeated and defeated and defeated? What is that area? Now, I want you to walk in freedom. I want you to walk in victory. I want you to walk in love. That's what we're doing at Grace Ministries. We're not just training for information. We're helping people walk free. That's the mission. The vision is millions of men, women, and families here and around the world walking free. They're identifying and letting go of the lies that hold them back and embracing the truth that gives them hope. That's the vision. The mission, helping people walk free. 
That's why I want you right now to ask the Father, what is my next step to walk free, to walk in victory? And maybe it's time for you to stop talking and start walking. You've been listening to Walking Free, a production of Grace Ministries International in Marietta, Georgia. For more information, go to our website at gmint.org. That's G-M-I-N-T dot O-R-G.